Hello? Sorry. Hello? Now I've got Wait, to remember what, what we're doing again. Hello? Chloe, <laughs> is, our, is our contribution to popular culture a train wreck? I don't know. Sure. It's a pretty sexy train wreck. Wait, what are we doing? Yeah. I had no Wait. idea this was going to be the podcast that would get us all going. Hello, comedian Chloe Black. I think you're funny. I want a hysterectomy. <laughs> or or you can laugh, me. either so, or. <laughs> Hello. Wait, what, what are we doing? Hey, yeah, Comes with a free bottle. Anything goes. Oh, anything goes. I love that song. Let it, let's get right up in that lap, Chloe. Ooh, yeah. Hello. Hey there. How's it going? Oh, good. But I've just read some really sad news, and I didn't mean to laugh while I said sad. Okay. Right. But, about Coolio. Yeah, about, about <laughs> Coolio. I know. That's full on, right? Because... I mean, Gangster's Paradise is an amazing song and he always seemed really nice and apparent, like, he was part of this um, program really early on in BTS's uh, kind of journey um, where yeah. they went to the States and, and did, like, a hip-hop camp <laughs> and um, he gave them some advice, like, you know, just stay true to your heart and and so a lot of the BTS yeah. fans are leaving today. and. Yeah. Um, and and he's, I mean, he he's the reason why I say this stupid thing that I've been saying for years, which right. I have shared with you and um, you have laughed at. But um, it's a it's a joke about. So I don't. People might not get it if they didn't grow up with a certain Julio Iglesias. <laughs> yeah, right. Julio Iglesias yeah. was a was a crooner. His son went out with a tennis star. But I started saying Coolio Iglesias. <laughs> and oh, that. Now I feel, I mean. Now, now it has more resonance, doesn't it? Now it has a lot more resonance. And I think that has to be the title of this episode. Oh, absolutely. You read my mind, for sure. Coolio Iglesias. <laughs> yeah. Vale. What? Like, vale, sorry. It's actually. He's only 59. Vale. So young. Like yeah, that's, and that's only ten years older than me. What the fuck? Yeah, I know, and it's so sad because, like, I was on Twitter just a minute ago and I saw the news, and I was like, "Oh no!" Because you know, you get that heart dropping. You know, you're in an elevator, dropping too fast, mm. feeling when you see a name trending. And oh like, yeah. Oh god, no, 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 no. Yeah. You know, I only find out through through social media now. And it oh, usually and depends on who posts it, how tainted the memory of them passing is. Like, yeah. if someone makes a quip, then, you know, like, you know, someone was like, oh, first the Queen, now Coolio. And I'm like, oh, God, no, no. Yeah, it's, and, and, you know, in this, in this era, we can actually pretty much watch the, you know, like with Anne Heche, who who passed away a couple of weeks yeah. ago, that one that one I felt I felt really, I always really loved Anne Heche, and I think she suffered from yeah. uh, career homophobia. I mean, we know that's what happened to her, but she was so good, mm. and I hadn't realised how troubled her life was. But like, yeah. you could watch the footage of 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 her trying to get out of that car, and it was just. Unreal. Oh, I never saw that. I'm sorry. That sounds, oh, that's horrific. I yeah, didn't see that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, right. it's, yeah. it's, it's like the conspiracy theorists won't have anything to go on anymore because they'll have seen everything at the same time that it happened. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
And also some dickhead jumped on and said, oh, Coolio passed away just a year after he had a certain jab. Like, oh, you fucking nutcase. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah. I've reported the tweet, actually. Yeah, good on you. That's good. Yeah, I'm going to be like one of those people that writes sternly worded letters to the editor. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, we're at that age now. We should do that. (laughs) On a week, we're letting the site I mean, I'm not sure whether you saw it, but I made this post that I was trying to, like, uh, it was kind of funny. It got some traction. I made this Facebook post about, you know, it's said in the year 20, you know, 21, 22 or something. And, like, it's like, tell us a story about grandpa. And it's like, well, children. And it's like, was he an iconoclast? No. Was he someone who chained themselves to the machines of war? No. Did he lay himself down into one of the machines of industry and capitalism? No. Then what did he do? He would sarcastically laugh reactive Facebook posts. Like because <laughs> anytime I see something that's kind of heartfelt, maybe pertinent, probably COVID related or anything like that has some serious emotional weight to it. And I see those little laugh reacts I think you fucking cunts. Like you cowardly cunts. Like just Drop it, you know, you are just, that is the most, oh, it's just putrid and oh, fucking, it's horrible, like, isn't it? Um, it's, it's so, just so juvenile. Like, you yeah. Know, oh, yeah. It's like, say what you really think or fuck off. <laughs> just don't participate. Like, you know, you don't yeah. really, you don't have to react. And see, it's funny because the, the Twitter algorithm has, has figured out that I, I respond a lot to, people who post the news of, of, of pets dying, you know, yeah, right, people yeah. I've known. And now they're just literally random pets dying. And I feel like yeah. I, can't, I can't pretend to have an investment in this pet and this grief because mm. I feel it would make me such a hypocrite. But at the same time, it's come up in my feed and I've gone, oh, that's so sad. You know, like I'm so yeah, sorry. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, stranger, and I've started not reacting to them because I don't want more of them in my feed, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Isn't it weird too? It's like, you know, um, yeah, just the way that, you know, that Facebook and um, all those social medias are all designed to um, pull you in like Try that. Try and figure <laughs> you out and, like, give you more stuff like the stuff you've already liked. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, and it can feel like, you know, I remember first off feeling like, oh, my God, like I found this little world. Everything I've wanted is all here. But it's like, no, no, they've designed it that way. <laughs> I, it's one of the reasons why I really wish people would watch Ron's Gone Wrong. I think it's one of the one of the only films that actually deals with the algorithm because it's all right. about. What you film's seen? that? I've never seen it. Oh, it's really good. It's a kids' movie, and it um it was made by. Oh, okay, it's like a CGI film. Actually. Yeah, and it was made by not Pixar and not DreamWorks. So it was a company called Lockwood or Locksmith or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And it's a it's a really good film about what it's like living in this age. And I think it's a great one to show kids because it also kind of. It tries, and I think it succeeds in really looking at what's of real value and what does it mean to be exploited for your data. It's like, 
and yeah, right, it's got right. great music and it's really well made and and the voice yeah. of Ron is Zach Galifianakis and he is brilliant. Yeah, right. brilliant. yeah, so it's really good. So um, yeah, Ron's Gone Wrong is one of my favourite films. I just love it. Sometimes yeah. I don't want to do anything. I'm going to watch Ron's Gone Wrong. <laughs> just watch it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, that's great. Because yeah, like yeah, just um, I don't know. Like social media, it's so annoying. It's so it's so addictive. It's such a bin fire, and and so pernicious, and so kind of like irrelevant at the same time. Yeah, it's like I struggle with it. I really do. I'm gonna need to have a digital detox or something like that. But it's frustrating because it's kind of like, well, I you know, in part of my work is relies on social media, and it's like. Well, do I just use social media to promote my shows or something like that? I mean, oh, and then you then, yeah, and I think. But I mean, lo and behold, someone famous would die and I would not know a thing about you it. Just want to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Jesus, that's, yeah. yeah. When did they die? Oh, that was the month <laughs> I was off. Was off yeah. <laughs> yeah, you feel like you're missing out if you're not present when it happens, but. You know, I was thinking about this the other, like, I sent you a link to a song the other, like, about a week ago maybe. Um, mm. I just had it so stuck in my head and it suddenly occurred to me that you might like it. And it was Armani. Oh, the Billie Eilish? The Billie Eilish song, yeah. Oh, cool track. That was great. It is a sick track. But I was really thinking that I don't know whether or not you're going to say, oh, yeah, that's great, I've, I've loved that for two years, or whether you're going to say, yeah. Oh, that was a great song. Thanks. And I realised that I don't, I don't care. I don't mind if I'm way behind the times. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't want to change. I don't listen to any new music at all. I how kind of, that track? Yeah, that was amazing. That was great. I'm like, you know, I, I'm either stuck in the past or I'm probably the algorithm is keeping me in the past. I don't know. I've been on this big post punk kick for for a few months now, where I'm listening to like early Iggy Pop and also. Um, Gang of Four and even like oh, early Kate Bush and stuff. Have you like, heard of Wire? I fucking love Wire. I've heard so much about them. They're oh amazing. Yeah. Go and listen to a song called Three Girl Rumba. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, right. Three Girl Rumba is fantastic. And they're really interesting because there's like the the album will have a lot of songs on it, but they're mostly really short. And um, yeah. you'll recognize... was that... Oh, sorry, I was going to cut you off. Sorry. Oh, just one second because, <laughs> no, it's fine for you to cut me off. It's probably your turn. But um, <laughs> you recognise the, the intro riff on Three Girl Rumba because it was Elastica's big hit. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I heard Wire on Spotify and I went, oh, Elastica, this is a weird jump. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is that. You know. Yeah, and I don't like it when a band does that. I don't think that's fair. Like, that's not mm-hmm. your that's not your piece of music and they do it all the time these days it's like that new harry styles yeah. song that as it was one which probably isn't even new anymore but like oh, the boys of summer oh it's boys of summer meets aha's take on me yeah right yeah yeah and i keep going what and then it suddenly goes as it was and i go fuck you man this is not your song yeah, it's like I've been playing um, Tom Tom Club's Genius of Love when I DJ, and you can hear everybody or feel everybody in the room going, oh, Mariah Carey. And then there's the people from, like, recently, is it Dua Lipa or something, like, covered oh, it? Or I don't know the song, well? actually. What ha- can you do-do-do-do it? <laughs> um, 
Oh, how's it go? It's so um. That song. Oh, hang on a minute. I need to. What did you just say that song was called? Because I actually. Genius of Love. Genius of Love. Yeah. And I I realize every now and then that I've I've heard songs before and I haven't quite been able to catch where they're from. And it's like um, Steal, Steal My Sunshine has got this, you know, sample in it and it's really cool. It's it's like um it's a great it's a great hook. I mean and I love what who did that cover of um uh Hard Knock Life, the Annie song? That because that was really well done. That yeah, yeah. Hard Knock Life. That was cool. Sorry, Genius of Love. Yeah. And do you like, or something, Tom, Tom? I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna have to double check it because it's like because you know I don't know I have no idea. Well, it's it's, it, it looks like it's um Genius of Love, Tom Tom Club, and also a cover, uh, Talking Heads. So yeah, well, the, Tina Weymouth from Talking Heads. This is her side project with her husband, oh. um, Chris Grant, and this is like oh oh Lato, Big Energy. Sorry, Lato is the is the um. Is the track the latest one from last year? And Fantasy by Mariah Carey's from 1995. It's come up in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia um, soundtrack playlist, which is funny. I was looking at Spotify, but like, yeah, it's, it's, I was in the supermarket today and the, the, you know, the in-house entertainment system, which sometimes laughably actually has a has a host, which I think is just so embarrassing. Imagine being that host. Right. Um, so they were playing um, uh, Macy Gray, like uh, the don't try, don't try to walk away, and I stumble. The watch <laughs> yeah. And I was I was looking over the other, like you know, a couple of meters away. There was this there was this lady, and she was singing it. <laughs> I was singing it. Yeah. And, it, and then we were both leaving the supermarket at the same time and I pointed at her and I went, hey, Macy Gray, I saw you jamming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. What a, what a meek you. It was really funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I find it really weird because I've, I've you played Hurdle before, like the song guessing game. No. It's like Wordle, but Hurdle. So they play you one second of a song and you have to guess oh. what it is. And then you can skip and they will give you 16 seconds of it if you, like, have to keep guessing or get it wrong. But um, I got totally bamboozled by it because I went, oh, I know that song. That's that song from the late 60s. And then I was like, no, you're incorrect. And I was like, I know this song. I said, oh, is it that other song that sampled that song? And I'm like, no. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then it said, no, this is like, you know the cover from twenty years later. Oh fuck you! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think really. I'm too old oh, for this. No deal. Hold up your arms in an X formation and say it with me, people. No deal. No deal. It's the original or bust. Yeah, exactly. A game exactly. like that. But I used to I used to play a game with myself where if I if I heard a song, I gave myself the first four bars to figure out what it was. And, and name, yeah. this is like as a kid before you could 
Shazam it or Google it or anything like that. And I think people don't realize just how lucky they are. I sound like an old person here, but people don't realize just how lucky they are to be able to just hold up an app and it will tell you what the song is. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like, I kind of always find it so fascinating. I think when I discovered I was a music fan in my teens, like my first love, like when I just went, I could devote my, a large portion of my life to this medium. I love <laughs> like, you, you marry me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I kind of was like, oh, imagine if you owned every song in the world. Oh, yes. <laughs> Imagine yeah. if you could just go into a room and you could pick out any song. And we have it in our pocket. Like someone else has kept all every song in the world on a database. Except, except it does still, and this is what, you know, like I made a Instagram post, I think, about it once, and I just showed the search results for some of my favourite bands from my time, you know, back at Community Radio. And it's like they don't have all of the content available. In a way, it's really kind of dumbed it down yeah and and it's like they don't have they don't have everything and and you know i guess that's kind of good but it's also sad because and there are some songs that i actually know which version i like and it, it was a live version we didn't record it. Nobody recorded it. I wasn't in the habit of telling people that they should record it or I will record it for them. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and, and when this band put it on an album, they changed the singer in the band. They, they had a different person singing it. And it was just like they killed the song for me because yeah, right. oh, I love yeah. the version that they did live and and it was wow. magic. It's like they lost faith in, in their singer for that. Yeah. That song. And he I mean, was perfect. He was absolutely yeah. perfect. Do you, do you subscribe to Spotify and pay for it? I do now, yeah, because, like, yeah. it was just an easier way. I resisted for a really long time because I didn't yeah. think that it was a a model. Like, I really don't want Apple Music and I really am going to miss iTunes. I don't know how to organise my digital music anymore. I don't know what to use. And I feel like they've forced me into this bottleneck mm. and I'm going to get stuck in it and I won't be able to turn around and that, like, triggers all my sort of, I mean, even that's a metaphorical claustrophobia, but I'll still feel it, you know, yeah. just being forced well, to go in a yeah. direction that I don't want to go in. Because like, that's the thing. Like, like, genius, yeah. Genius of Love is like one of the most sampled songs in history um, and it's unavailable on Spotify. It's almost as if Tom Tom Club have kind of said, no, this is our big hit and you don't get it. <laughs> or the album only. You can only get the, you know, you've got to buy the whole album to get one particular yeah. song. But it's really funny because I really wanted to have a copy of the Bangles' Hazy Shade of Winter, which is such an amazing cover. Oh, it's a great track. It's great, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. And it was on the on the Less Than Zero soundtrack. Which oh, yeah, yeah. Incredible. With Slater album. and bloody. Um, Robert Downey. What, a, yeah. what, what an album. That, that soundtrack is great. I had a copy of that. And I, I think something that. must have gone weird with, you know how like with um that Australian movie, the dogs one, Dogs in Space. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How there was all that tr- trouble with it being released and, and sometimes it just happens to a film. It kind of gets tangled up in its own shoelace, shoelaces and can't move freely around the world. Or sometimes yeah. it's a big company that's just gone, no, nah, you can't have it, peasants, and you go, But anyway, I bought this Best of the Bangles CD so I could put it, I listened to it, 
but it won't load onto it wouldn't load onto iTunes even that way. Oh my goodness! Okay, it's bizarre. And that digital rights of music, you know, really irritates me because it's mm. just it's all about profit. You know, it's got nothing to do with art and yeah. Um, that's like, you know, movies as well. Movies are like um, falling off the radar. Streaming services and things like, a, you know, it's a curated list, but not all the movies end up there. Yeah, and well, they can off after a while and then you've got to, like, and what I really hate is not knowing where to look for a particular film. So you Google, like, which streaming service in Australia has this particular film. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you remember the film Cocoon from the 80s? Uh, I do remember the film Cocoon. It was uh, that lovely older lady actress. Yeah, Beautiful. like Jessica Tandy and then and, and Brian Dennehy and um, a bunch of other and you know. Yeah, I know other. Brian Dennehy. He was always in kind of tough guy movies. Yeah, yeah, but um, that film's not on any streaming service. Apparently, they the this contest contested like the rights to a certain like certain soundtrack of song or something like that or like so it's never been released on a streaming service yeah exactly that's exactly what we're talking about somebody deciding that you can't have access to it because they haven't got their shit together yeah exactly exactly and it's a real bizarre you know i found a copy on dvd i was like yes this is like you know saved from the um Ashes. <laughs> oh Today, I was in um in an older style shopping centre this morning, calling out people who also recognise the Macy Gray track. And um, there was a a CD and DVD store, and they actually had a DVD copy of um the new Cyrano Cyrano de Bergerac. And you know, we talk about Cyrano de Bergerac a lot, which is bizarre because it just seems to come <laughs> up. Um, but what I hadn't realised was that the the lovely Peter Dinklage had made a version of it. Um, so oh, he yeah. was a Cyrano and, and it was like, oh, I, I really just, would like to buy it. I watched just watched a queer romance on Netflix, a queer, like uh, a sort of, you know, love story. Um, and I was watching it with my friend and I was like, this is Serrano de Bergerac. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, this is like based on this old play, and I'm always confused. Yeah. I think it's Shakespeare, not Shakespeare. No, it's, it's like, not Shakespeare. Cyrano de Bergerac uh, is a French play. I did write it. But also Secret Admirer, that film with Kelly Preston and C. Thomas Howell and Laurie. The yeah. One who, the one, Laughlin, the one who tried to get her kid into college and got busted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know the one. Um, what's her name? She was in Transamerica. Um, oh, was she? Yeah. Um, Transamerica. One, one of the. Oh, no, 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 the other lady. So that's Felicity Huffman. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, right. So this yeah. is the other famous lady whose kids were caught up in that scandal. Right, okay, the other one. The other, <laughs> the other lady, <laughs> yeah. But that's right, the half of it, the half of it is this queer, like Serrano, tale and you're the film Roxanne remember Roxanne yeah, Roxanne like... Daryl Hannah Steve Martin beautiful and that yeah I love that movie and that's yeah. what got me interested in the story I, I remember thinking that it and, and I think maybe we talk about it a lot because it's it's an ideal 
sort of artistic representation of what we what we're saying is wrong with modern dating like you can't just choose yeah. people based on how they look you won't be happy exactly but you and, know yeah the old um, the old thing is like as soon as they start like giving them um things to say on the date from the bushes or from the car i'm like this has been done before <laughs> <laughs> on a minute well the greeks said there was only like seven plots yeah that's right exactly i love i love that you know because that also i find that really comforting as you know you know someone who wants to write more and 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 likes thinking of plays because it doesn't really matter if the plot is revolutionarily new it matters yeah. how you tell the story you know so yeah. it doesn't have to be i mean you know clueless is emma Mm, yeah. Hate about you is Taming of the Shrew. Oh my yeah. god! There's a hilarious yeah. bit in Orange County where Mike White, as the school teacher, is saying William Shakespeare, and a lot of great movies are based on his plays. <laughs> <laughs> the English teacher. It's amazing. I don't know. Well, maybe I've talked about this because I mentioned this to a lot of people, so maybe I've mentioned it in another episode. But like, I'm happy to explore it at length now. It's like I always have this thing where, like. There's a film, uh, Breakdance 2, Electric Boogaloo, or like this, as it's called in the States, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, and that is like almost like, and if you look at that and the movie Avatar, are pretty much the same film. <laughs> like, so we have an outsider who is the privileged interloper who, um, uh, who infiltrates an under, underrepresented community. Um, and something at to the core of their like um, community is a, is at risk of being destroyed. <laughs> so, yeah, the plot like, for Dodgeball. Probably, yeah, it's probably like the plot to dozens of films. But it's like you know, like in Avatar, they have Home Tree, which is like the the tree that you know the, the birth of life, the place where they they see everything and stuff. Um, and in Break and Two, they have the uh, community center where they. Um, where they teach the kids how to break dance. <laughs> and in Brain Avatar, it's like Sigourney Weaver and Sam Worthington are the privileged humans that, uh, you know, sort of explore from within. And then in Breakin, you have the rich white girl who, um, who rebel against her parents, like joins up with the young black kids and stuff. <laughs> like, that's Footloose as well, isn't it? Kid moves into a like, up the volume. It's the same thing. Kid moves in from out of town, doesn't fit. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love it. That's a, actually that's a plot I really love. I also love underdog sports team slowly rises through the ranks um, and ends up achieving yeah. something. It might not be like I really love what they did in the first um, Bring It On, the cheerleading movie, because I never realised yeah. cheerleading was so amazing. And also it's a really yeah. fun, well-made movie with Best dialogue. It's got fantastic. Oh, it's really clever. I didn't even know what to expect. I thought, oh, teen drama. It's run. so good, teen wasn't run. it? But it was really clever. Yeah. yeah. All the references were spot on, like, you know, the, yeah. the the grumpy kid coming in, the one who was in Hackers coming in and having his Clash T-shirt and, like, Eliza Dushku as, you know, the gymnast who does not want to be a cheerleader. <laughs> I came yeah. from Los Angeles. Your school has no gymnastics team. This is a last resort. That's right. <laughs> What was the other film? Pitch Perfect as well. That was a real, like, um, out-of-the-box kind of surprise um, from out of nowhere that, that yeah. was really 
And it, they, they, films like that win a lot of hearts. Like people love it. Actually, there's this really lovely film, which I would, I really want more people to see. And you can tell it was sort of made it, made on a budget, but it's, it's really, it's well cast, it's well written, and it's well produced and, and it's beautiful. It's called Table 19. Yeah, right. And it's got Anna, which you, you made me think of it because um, Anna Kendrick's in it, who's in Pitch Perfect. And also, oh, yeah. It's got um, Wyatt Russell, who uh, is Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell's son, and he's oh, wow. the guy who's in that episode of Black Mirror Playtest about the video game. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so he's in that, and he's in this movie. Is that with the one with the haunted house? Or is that the one yeah, with the, with the haunted house? Oh, my God. That, I sometimes I watch that one again, and I just go, this is so dark, you know, like it's mm -hmm. so that's probably like the weakest story out of that whole series. Oh, it's definitely not the best story, but the I think it delivers that it's yeah. um, when it peaks at that moment, yeah. you just go, oh, no, yeah, right. oh, no. you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, one, the one that I can watch over and over and over, aside from San Junipero, which is obviously like such a crowd favorite, is oh, Hang oh, the yeah. DJ. I love Hang the DJ. That's really clever, that one. Yeah. And Nosedive is great too. Nosedive like, is great, yeah. The but, um, and I love the one where the two straight guys meet up in VR oh, and they play. Oh, Striking yeah. Vipers. Striking Vipers. Yes, I love that. Yeah. That is so sexy. Oh, hell yeah. That hell is yeah. so very sexy. And I think that girl, is it Rinko? The girl who plays the in-game fighter, she was on the couch with Tom Holland and some other people. I think she might be in a new Marvel movie or something. Okay. Yeah, right. It's likely. Possible. Yeah. I can do a quick IMDb if you like. I'm yeah. The do, internet. It. <laughs> do it. But I love, like, I just, um, that was something that was so marvellous about that episode was, like, very much like a fuck you to the straights. Like, it was very much like the cishet crew were like, you know, um, yes, <laughs> these are, you know, we have, what, two straight-looking or straight-passing men engaging in this kind of weird dalliance, this gender head fuck online. And um, I just loved it. I thought it was just, like, I yeah, I really crazy. loved what it said about modern relationships as well because, like, they really, the girl who played the wife of the Anthony Mackie character, she was brilliant in that because she was suffering as well. Like it was like everybody wanted something. Yeah, exactly. To, to sort of wake them back up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's really lovely when you when you just get floored by a performance or a TV show and yeah. You know, and sometimes you you have to sort of make a bit of a trade-off like is the weakest episode of this series worth it for the hit that I get off the episodes that I really like because it's all part of the same thing. I I really found that with Station 11 there were some really weak episodes um, but then there's these incredible performances. Yeah, someone recommended that to me again this week. I have to check oh. it out because you've gone on. It's so good, but it's really hard to encourage someone to keep going with it when they, because you will hit that point. You'll hit that episode and go, fuck this. I don't want to watch this anymore. But you, you have to keep going. <laughs> 
you have to <laughs> like the you just have to watch it all because it just it wraps up so beautifully yeah for sure it's amazing exquisite composition even if it's not a great production yeah yeah isn't it like it's about um like a showbiz or something like that is there some kind of like theater theatrical traveling theater thing yeah so there's i mean it's a it's about actually it makes a lot of really interesting comments about theater and film and dialogue and and script writing and poetry and creativity and and yeah, cool. meaning like what art's really for and oh god it just, it's just wonderful and um it's got Mackenzie Davis in it who I absolutely adore she's the girl she's um the girl Yorkie from San Junipero the one who sits on the sand and is gay and and meets the oh, girl yeah. loved mm-hmm. I loved her so much from that she was also in some bit part. I remember thinking I really liked her in that too. So I already knew her name from the credits from that bit part that she would in. And then she's yeah. amazing in the film. Oh, here we go. There's a woman, sorry, Pom, Pom Clementif. It's a French actress who was in Striking Vipers. She's also in um, uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that her name? Yeah. Unless I'm looking at the character's name. No, I'm not looking at the character's name. <laughs> oh my god, the guy um, who plays who plays um the other fighter, Ludi Lou, he is hot. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's really smoking hot. There's a lot of hotties in, in Black Mirror and they're oh, different totally. sorts of hotties. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because hottie hotties abound, right? <laughs> Oh my god! You feel feel like you know you swing a penguin in a in a club and you'll hit a hot person, and it's like if you <laughs> knock them out, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a title for another episode. Hotties about. <laughs> you know what? I'm I realize I'm not I'm not that hot. I know I'm not that hot. I've got my own hotness, and it's fine. I'm comfortable with it. But you know, mm. I, every now and then I sort of catch myself looking in the mirror, and I think. Should I get a nose job? And I go, no, that's your nose, babe. Just live with it. It's a nice nose. You're fine. Well, I think you know, like, um, I mean, to- like, I don't know. I I have those problems too, where I go, oh gosh, look at that. I'm so ugly. But then people tell me I'm not, and you know, I don't think, I don't think, I think you're hot. <laughs> sorry, sorry to say, we've been friends for like. I, I really, I appreciate <laughs> that. Sometimes I actually really need to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially because you know, I love. But sometimes I love. hotness comes with the complete package. I think as well. Yeah. You know, because some people are. Well, what did my friend call it? They're not hot. They just have an absence of ugliness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like <laughs> Thank that. You John Crouch. We would credit John Crouch there for having that little. Oh my god! I remember John Crouch. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? He was at uni. Yeah. Was the it interactive? Orange hair and like he was a poet as well. Was he? Yeah, he was an all-round guy, a songwriter, poet, musician, artist. I like that absence of ugly. Thank you, John Crouch. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, what that implies, though, is that they're, that they're very little substance, just, oh, you don't have any features that, you know, are on the negative end of the beauty scale. <laughs> I call them slippery faces. Like, apparently, <laughs> sort of that, that people, people can have that you don't recognise people who are too normal-looking. 
And I find them boring. Like I've started rolling my eyes as soon as I finish realizing how perfectly symmetrical they are. Like I like a wonky nose. I like uneven eyes. I like prominent teeth, you know, like I really like people to be a little, a little edgy because otherwise I feel like I, I, I don't know. It's, because it's it's really funny like i look back on some of the people who who have fancied me despite being what i would call sort of clinically better looking like you know mm. they but you know like often they were worth i mean they were worth getting to know it's just there was a part of me that had already written them off because they were too good looking <laughs> yeah sure yeah i feel that you mean. tease them and maybe they, I don't know, maybe they like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. I think, you know, when you're a woman, especially, there is that sort of, I mean, there's this really unhealthy competition about um, about taking up space and being good looking. Um, and I've come to understand it since I've transitioned. Like, it's like, I remember, um, I remember when I was, um, um uh well i just remember there was this, when we were doing training at this um call center job and there was this beautiful girl there and um but all the other women were like oh my god see how good looking she is i know like stay away from me <laughs> right yeah. as if somehow them being in the same room as you like like reduces your currency or something it's um, the jolene syndrome Please yeah, yeah, totally good. And it reminded me of Love is Blind. No, not Love is Blind, which is awful, but uh, Too Hot to Handle where, you know, the new hotties will arrive and all of a sudden it's like people just forget about the person they're with going, maybe someone hotter is coming along, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, you know, I mean, but I feel the effect of the beauty standard a lot more since transitioning. I feel a lot more threatened by better looking people or, or um, as if like about people being better looking than me or especially since like you know there's also this sort of um way to put on trans women to pass or to to look a certain way and when i see other trans women who you know i call it i call it do doing gender doing gender better than me i kind of go oh you know it feels like um crazy <laughs> I totally get it i've had a you know, I I don't consider myself to be very effectively female. Like, I'm not very good at it. And also I don't really do it. I don't play the rules and, you know, I don't let it dictate how I'm going to sit or how I'm going to talk or how I'm going to think or yeah, or how uh, what I'm going to do for a living or how I'm going to present myself to people. Like, you know, I've grown up without that pressure because, um not quite sure how I've managed to grow up without it, but I do notice that it's missing. But you reminded me of this incredibly beautiful girl who used to get on the bus at, on the oh. way from the uni and she was so beautiful. It was just like it was it, it felt like you couldn't not look at her and see incredible beauty, but I don't know what it would have been like to be her. You know, you sort of start to wonder if it's really like 
when beauty, because beauty acts on people in that way and it yeah. kind of stuns them, you know, it's like a beautiful people could walk up to you and say, give me your wallet and you go here <laughs> <laughs> or give me your vote or give me your trust or give me your confidence or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't earn it in the same way that other people do. And sometimes I think they really want to earn it, you know, like a rich kid has never had to earn a wage. Yeah, the person's never had to earn anybody's approval. You know, they yeah. want to, they want to prove themselves to you. So, it like, yeah, there is that sort of um, yeah, pretty privilege, which is strange. But you just see it. It's kind of unfortunate when you see it happen. You kind of go, oh, man, I thought the world worked in a much wasn't so superficial or something. <laughs> well, um, I always find it really impressive to realize that there are people who resist that trade in the old one for the new one in relationships and jobs and you just because something's not working right now doesn't mean it won't be brilliant down the track. And I think, you know, this sort of like, what is, is it called? Option paralysis. When you've, yeah, got, sure. only, when you've got so many choices. Oh, choice, choice, choice paralysis. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you go, well, I don't know. I don't know. I went through a long, a long period of having a lot of trouble working out which second, like tertiary postgrad to do, because I'm interested in fucking everything, <laughs> not in fucking, yeah, everything, yeah. in everything. And you know, like there was, there were parts of me that wanted to do economics, and parts of me that wanted to do law, and parts of me that wanted to do film and TV and theater and stuff like that. And it's like I was scared to make a choice because. I knew that I would only get a result if I stuck with what I've chosen and that put so much pressure on the choice that I couldn't make a choice. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like uh, it's frustrating because there's that anxiety that comes with making a choice as well and that is that what you choose when it arrives, you might decide against it. <laughs> you, might, you might, I mean, when I used to take my girlfriend out to dinner, it would be like there'd be this kind of looking at the menu, fussing and freaking and then I'd say, <laughs> My, I know, I would kind of conjole them, but I'd say all you need to do is pick it and stick it. So basically, pick an item, and then you just have to commit to it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at, at, at the daycare centre that both of my kids went to, they had this thing, and they just said, "You get what you get, and you don't get upset." <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. That's it. Exactly. It. That's right. <laughs> I love, but I think in this day and age, like everyone. Oh, wow. In this day and age, I can't believe I just said that. But at the moment, you know, you don't get given your selection. Like, you know, in a way, I sometimes I think, oh, if only there was arranged marriages and predetermined careers and parents who interfered too much. But then you think, no, then we'd be craving freedom. It's like curly hair, straight hair. You know, you always want what you don't have. So do you need more discipline or more freedom, more choice or less choice? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I never exactly. said I knew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I just started this sentence and now I'm out here on this plank. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. It's like, you know, you just see, so the thing is that, yeah, you have to, yeah, that's right. You have to make your choice and be happy with what you've got. I remember hearing there's this German word, which is great. It's almost one of those lists of words that, you know, English people don't have a word for. Uh -huh. And it was like the the it's called food envy and it was something about um, 
looking at the looking at what your friend has ordered in the restaurant and wishing you'd ordered it too, something like that. The Germans are actually really good at coming at like shameful joy, Schadenfreude, which is one of the ones that people do tend to know. Shameful joy is like taking delight in the beautiful girl not getting a job she wanted, you know, like Yeah. <laughs> it makes you feel a bit icky and it should because Oh yeah, sure. so actually uh, you know this is this is probably the the appropriate moment to to talk about it without trying to talk about it but i i like having someone that i fancy it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that is real but i have yeah. to believe it enough and i've been, been carrying on this thing i don't even know what it is for almost nine months now yeah and, and in the beginning it was really just weird and funny and then it got serious and comforting and then it got weird again and then it got overwhelmingly torturous like it was just unbearable and then like i obviously am into this person because that he kind of meets all my physical criteria yeah but I don't know if we would really get along in person. I've never met him. Um, but I really don't like it when he starts sort of talking about me like I'm a given. And I go, hang on. Yes, I fancy you. Yeah, okay, I do. But I still don't know if I would actually go through with it because all of this is hypothetical. Yeah, for sure. It's such yeah, a yeah. difficult position to be in and it's like it's not dissimilar to, you know, online dating. It's like, you know, you don't know these people and the people that you do know. Yeah. I mean, you've either already gone out with them or they hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, like. Uh, it reaches a point too where it's like at a certain age the dating pool just dries up because they're either all sprogged up or, you know, or partnered or, um, and so it's tricky. It's like, you know, like I just feel that, um, you know, at a certain point you can always, you can just go up, oh, like I'm off the market. <laughs> you choose to go off the market though, do you? You know what? I was thinking about it, about that's what really, one of the things that really frustrated me about a book that I read recently um, yeah. It's about a, a woman who had been through a divorce and she decided that she was going to give up sex. And it was the way that it was written sounded like she'd made this grand gesture to give up sex. And I was like, honey, what really happened is it was difficult to get around to doing it and hard to find someone to do it with. We've all been there you didn't decide to do this. It's almost like it happened and she wanted to celebrate it as a choice. Yeah. And it felt really denially to me. I remember after I had my first baby and um, it wasn't that I didn't want to have sex with people. It's that I had a baby to look after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but it's really challenging, mm -hmm. you know. There are times when you just actually kind of want to knock yourself out yeah it's interesting how we self-medicate and we're in different ways and maybe you know and also what's considered healthy and unhealthy i mean you know i think we've both 
experienced this. There's a certain fine kind of financial self harm that takes over when you're feeling yeah. really sad. Yes. And you go, you go, fuck it. I'll eat, I'll eat too many noodles. I just want this now. And it's sort of like you feel almost like it's almost like <laughs> you're saying to yourself, yeah, take that bitch. Enjoy the struggle. This is what you need right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like how much of real reality, you know, that that sort of time and space plodding along at the rate that it always does, can mm. you sort of skip when you are over what's happening? You know, I bought myself the dress that I wanted. I hope I still want it when it arrives, put it that way. Like I don't know. It just looks so pretty and I, I want it. Yeah, um, yeah. But it might turn out to be one of those things that I just bought because I was lonely and sad and bored. I'm mm. hoping not. I'm hoping it will be a favourite piece in my wardrobe, but what are the odds, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, um, yeah, I mean, last weekend I went to the Glenorchy Markets and I bought a whole new outfit for 50 bucks. And um, it's good. It actually worked wonders for my um my malaise <laughs> see that's good like if mine had only been fifty dollars i think i would not be feeling as because you know it's so easy to put things on lay-by i've learned now that if i put something on lay-by i don't really want it mm. i afford it so don't do it if you if i want something like I talked myself into believing that I really, really, really wanted this dress and that I would feel sad if I didn't get it and that I would be cross if I looked at the website in a week and it said that the size that I want and the colour that I want is all sold out now. You know, like yeah. I don't want that to happen to me, but at the same time I've purchased a couple of things recently that I don't even like and I don't know what to do with them now. <laughs> yeah, sure. What do I do with them? I can't yeah. bother selling them. It's like... I need to. I need to do a huge call. I need a garage sale, or 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 set up. Go to a market store. Set up a market store or something. I think a clothes swap would be so great. You know, like. So yeah, it's a tricky one, but um. And so yeah, I mean, it's not a tricky one. I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's okay because but, it'll all be all. It'll it'll all be all right on the night, and uh, we'll yeah, get through it. And exactly. you know where we're going so, with being there. So you know. Yeah. And good night, Australia. And see. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Good night, scene. And Australia. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>